Over 30 years of advice for your house, home, castle, or cabin. Y'all have things you want to get done. It's Rosie on the House. Nine o'clock, hour number three of our weekly radio broadcast, our open forum hour. Anything you want to talk about your home, castle, or cabin, it's one 767 4348 That's 1-888-ROSIE for you. Text questions can be sent to 411923. Or you can send an email to info at rosieonthehouse.com. If you've got uh, something you need to send a picture with, you can attach that in an email to info at rosieonthehouse.com. Help identifying or explaining what you're trying to work on, whatever the case may be. Those images can be sent to info at rosieonthehouse.com. The text platform does not have imaging. We get pictures sent there. Can't see them there. Send them to info at rosieonthehouse.com. Whatever it is you're tackling around your house this weekend, maybe you've got a couple different estimates for a one particular job. You want to talk through the difference and which one might be right for you. We can kind of help compare those two. We won't make the decision for you, but we can uh, walk you through how to compare them. And then if we get stumped, we've got a huge support through our Rosie on the House certified partners all over the state. They're contractors that have gone through our screening process. It takes about eight weeks. You have to be in business at least five years locally, licensed, bondable, insured. And that license is through the Arizona State ROC, Register of Contractors. You can verify licenses there. Don't take for granted that a uh, contractor that has his license number on uh, on a business card or uh, our invoice is his. We have seen that before where somebody might work for the company and be selling jobs under a different name, skim ripping off the company that they're employed by but using their license number. So make sure you take the license number, look it up at AZ roc.gov verify the qualifying parties verify that the company that the person who's saying they're representing the company is in fact with the company we get a lot of people will come to us and we are not a government authority any one of our partners that has signed our complaint resolution policy and our code of ethics we hold them accountable to those things but outside of our network we cannot uh, we cannot touch them because we're not a governing agency. That's done through the ROC, but that's a lot different standards than ours. Uh, it's, it's just the beginning step. So if you're looking for a contractor, just go to rosieonthehouse.com. In the menu bar, you'll see certified partners. When you mouse over on that, it gives you a number of options. The first one is find a certified contractor. Then you click on it. You enter your state or, I'm sorry, your city or zip code, and then the category or trade that you're looking for, and it'll give you, uh, by geolocation, the partners in your area for that service. A little bit about our certified partners. Reviews are a big part of today's world. What are the reviews? What are the reviews? What are the reviews? And when we were looking at it, we're like, you know, we're not – we're not going to post our own reviews. That's so subjective. And we've heard stories from people in other, quote, referral-type uh, programs, uh, copycats, that you know those reviews are owned by whatever that online service is. And you, you can do pretty easily online search and find out that a lot of that can be manipulated very easy by money. Um, and all of those, whether 
I don't want to name any names, but you know whether they're Google reviews or Yelp reviews or whatever fill in the blank reviews, those reviews are really owned by that company. All of our reviews are done by a third party called the Guild Quality. It's out of Atlanta. It's especially designed for the trade industry. So when you've got feedback from one of our certified partners, it goes to the Guild Quality. They verify that you are a homeowner and that this contractor did do work on your home so there's none of these fake reviews out there or any reviews that a competitor can post negatively about you that are false. So it's verified that the job was done, and we can't touch those. It's a complete separation of church and state, and that's the confidence we have in our contractors, is that uh, we outsource, we third-party our reviews to just one more way to continue to challenge ourselves, make ourselves better, and increase our service to you, the Arizona homeowner. And then if you're interested in joining the network, if there's an opening, you can go to Apply to Become. A certified partner is your fourth option there. So that's the resources that we put together every week right here. And then we bring you into the conversation, whether it's phone, text, or email, and help you tackle whatever projects you have uh, working. And then at 9.30, we'll cover our weekly home maintenance how-to. We cover one different maintenance item. If you don't have a pool this week, doesn't apply to you. But if you've got a pool, stay tuned. At 9.30, we'll be talking about getting ready for swim season coming up. My kids have already... Uh, we don't have a pool, but uh, they've got hoses and sprinklers underneath the trampoline, above the trampoline, squirt guns, water balloons now. You can. You don't have to fill them up single anymore. You could put like six or seven, or it's like 20 on one, and you hook it up to the hose. It fills up 20 water balloons at one time. <laughs> What's the fun it's in brilliant. that? brilliant. <laughs> uh, water fights have already started. Well, we like to bring our homeowners anything that's kind of – going on in the homeowner world that applies to your everyday life. And last week, you mentioned the story out of Tucson that um, they're struggling with their recycle program. Um, A lot of the cities around the country are kind of starting to to back out of a little bit. And a lot of that's due to not having a place to sell their their end product. But the city of Phoenix, we've visited with them before, and I've invited um, the city of Phoenix Public Works Department, Joe Judice, to come on air with us and explain to us what it is that makes the Phoenix Recycle Program so successful. Good morning, Joe. Good morning. How you doing? I'm doing wonderful. How are you? I was listening. I'd like to get some of those squirt guns. (laughs) Cool (laughs) off a little bit. Uh, You betcha. Hey, why don't you just explain to our homeowners, why has Phoenix had such a tremendous success rate in their recycle program? Well, you know, a a couple of things uh, I'll tell you about. Um, First off, I'd like to explain a little bit about what's happening when these articles are coming out nationally about why recycling is kind of getting some some bad uh, reviews lately. Uh, What's really happened here is that – most of the world, a lot of the world, you know, Australia, Europe, the United States, and in particular the Western United States, over the last 30 years, um, a lot of the recyclables have gone to the country of China. They have uh, paid a premium price for things like paper and cardboard and plastics, certain plastics. And um, that's really developed over a number of years, and it's kind of worked really well. They had a lot of shipping uh, things come into the United States with goods being distributed across the country, and those shipping boats would go back to China with our recyclables for them to make new boxes and things like that. But China has said, we don't want to take all these recyclables anymore, and that's really upset the, the markets quite a bit. 
and again, in particular, the Western United States and some parts of Australia and Europe and things like that are really faced with not getting the same prices they used to get for their products. And so many of us were used to getting a lot of money from selling these recyclables, and those helped fund our solid waste programs to some degree, and those monies are going away. So that's why a lot of cities are struggling now. They're having to pay a lot more or their their revenues are disappearing. In Phoenix, um, we have the good fortune of uh, owning two of our own recycling centers, which helps us a little bit. And we've had uh, a great contract partner uh, that's selling those recyclables for us. So that's helped us a little bit, but it's it's impacting Phoenix as, as it is other places. Uh, we have not changed though our programs. We're still accepting those plastics and um, newspapers and um, cardboard and aluminum and glass in our recycling program. And we encourage our residents to put it in there clean, dry, and unbagged. Um, and we're ready to recycle those materials. That's good. I think it's important to get the message out to keep on, right? Don't anybody get out of the habit of doing those yeah, things. It is. It's really important. The, be- the, the, the one thing that everyone can do a better job of is we have people, we, we call them in the industry wish cyclers. Um, they, they put things in the recycling container because they wish they could be recycled, but the reality is they cannot. And that winds up costing a lot of extra money to all the cities in terms of processing those materials that wind up going to the landfill. Things like garden hoses, bowling balls, um, yard waste. Um, people think all plastics are recyclable, but they're not. It's really your, your water bottles and your laundry detergent bottles your things that have a number one on them or a number two on them or a number five on them. Those are the things for sure you can recycle. Uh, we also take um, fours, fives, sixes, and sevens in Phoenix, but most a lot of places do not right now. And actually, we have an amazing new partnership. Our, our city council just awarded a, uh, us to enter into a contract with a new venture company called Renew Phoenix, and they're going to take some of those very difficult-to-recycle plastics and they're going to uh, break them back into their original kind of carbon chain compounds and, and then make them into uh, a diesel fuel so that we can fuel equipment with those. So that's kind of new technology that's coming out um, in the recycling industry. And those are soft plastics, right? That... They can be, yes. Um, so here's the thing with soft plastics. Really what we're talking about there, in particular your grocery bags, your um, – maybe the laundry bags that you get when you go to the dry cleaner. Mm-hmm. We, what, we have a program called um, Bag Central Station. And what we really want our residents to do in Phoenix and really throughout the Valley, this is available. Take those bags back to your grocery store or to your Walmarts or Targets. They have bag collection locations. And all those things are being recycled into things like new park benches, plastic lumber, et cetera. But those can't be recycled in your blue recycling container at your curbside in any city because soft plastics, unfortunately, even though the material is recyclable, through the mechanical process of separating the recyclables out, all they wind up doing is binding up the equipment and causing a lot of extra work where you have to shut down the equipment and cut those plastics out um, because they just wrap around all the screens and rollers and things like that. So no soft plastics in your recycling container. Bring those back to your grocery stores and supermarkets or big retailers, and they will recycle those for you. Joe, that was great information. Thanks so much for joining us this morning and getting us back on top of our game. 
you know, the interesting thing you'd mentioned, we were talking last week, um, that bungalow box or bungalow, bungalow box, it is a box that's designed to be reused over and over and over for moving. So if you're moving, you go rent it, load up your stuff, take it, unload it, bring it back. Those boxes are made out of recycled uh, grocery bags. Cool. I don't know. I think she said Wisconsin. That's a company out of Tucson. Fairly new, but looking forward to getting to know them better. They're going to be at Saba Home Show, where we will be next Saturday uh, at the Tucson Convention Center. That's uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. They do it twice a year. Uh, the best home show in town, in my opinion, that they do a really good job putting that together. Uh, they always have free parking at the convention center. They've always got great food trucks. Try tip. <laughs> <laughs> And stage presentations, and they fill out the whole Tucson floor. So anything you're looking for, and they, we actually have the Rosie Row. All of our, most of our certified partners will be together in the same row. So if you're uh, looking for a project and want to do it a little hands-on and visual, uh, you can start at the Tucson Convention Center next week for anyone in Southern Arizona. If you're in a car buying this mode this weekend, though, get to Sanderson Ford today. They've got incredible deals and the new Ford Ranger. I tell you, I saw a navy blue one on the road going south on I-10. I say south because technically I am going south when you pass Picacho, but it's really east. I was eastbound I-10, saw a new Ranger, and I, I was this close to going, sticking with an F-150. I'd been thinking about the Ranger to enhance my gas mileage for my drive time because I've got a lot of windshield time during the week. In fact, you can tell the bugs are out. The front of my truck looks like it's love bug season in Louisiana. Uh, but, man, that Ranger's a sharp-looking vehicle. So they've got a number of those on the lot today at Sanderson Ford. Or if you can't get out there today, you know, save up a couple weekends starting april 18th is the big hoot nanny sale for their 64th anniversary of serving arizona that's at sanderson ford 51st avenue just south of glendale in glendale pop a top again well romy you'd be happy to find out that tomorrow is national beer day my friend so, so okay, I did not know that, uh-huh. and that's not why we got married on April seventh. Oh no, it was you're just kidding. a Sunday, <laughs> and obviously Saturday doesn't work for a wedding. <laughs> Here, be yeah, seventh anniversary tomorrow. Oh, congratulations! Seven, congratulations! Wow. That's great. Pop a top. <laughs> there you go. So we got sandwiches, we got cheese, we got beer. We got we covered all the food groups here, folks. And an anniversary. And we're and not going to have to go out. <laughs> to, uh, rates are dropping. Uh, we're getting into that summer panic time where you were just going to be inundated with advertisements and promotions every which way you turn on saving a buck or two on your utility bill. And I'm all about saving a dollar, but it's got to make sense. Um, the payback time, and it's so easy, Not it's not absolutely to the dime, but with building science, you can calculate your return on investment very easily. How much energy does this light bulb use? Okay, how much does my last one use? What is my rate per kilowatt hour on and off peak? You can calculate those savings and decide, okay, is this worth the investment <laughs> right now, or do I let this light bulb die and then at that point invest in these other ones and my payoff will then start because the 
you know, just throwing something away and getting something new that it's, you know, this, this other one, you know, it may take another, you know, small fraction of energy to use it. But if it still has a hundred hours of life left, you know, the, the, the small amount of additional cost is worth it to use it till it burns out instead of just ditching them all and going to this new fancier one that you're getting sold by a very aggressive, exciting, energetic salesperson. And with light bulbs specifically, I have found that really helps to take a marker, just put the date that you put them in, because they'll tell you how many hours they have and all that. But with all the changes and transitions, I have found that it's not always exactly what they tell you. And a lot of those times, those numbers are coming out of test factories where the application isn't real life. We've got power surges that happen to our home. We don't all have uh, surge regulators on our home. We do encourage all of our listeners to have a surge protector installed. There's, you know, when the utility company never knows exactly how much power at any given moment. So there's fluctuation in how much energy is in the utility lines. And sometimes it's more than uh, other times. And when they know everyone's coming home and they're ramping it up to service this big need of, of everyone coming home at the end of the day, there's a lot more electricity. And that fluctuation can degrade electronic equipment in your home. And a surge protector will protect your home from all of that. So it just keeps it the power regulated and it expends, extends the life of all your electronic equipment. So in these factories where these light bulbs are tested and regulated, they're uh, commercial utilities are consumed a little different than they are in residential applications, and it's under a much more controlled environment that a lot of this testing is. They don't have kids. They don't have dogs. They don't have cooking. They don't have you know moisture that we're adding from showers or laundry, and uh, it, it's not used in daily life. Uh, On-off is a big factor. You know, Sure, you could turn it on and leave it, and it'll work for 100 hours, but if you turn it off and on, that can short cycle how long a bulb will last as well. So it's I, – I love that tip. Just take a Sharpie, put the date on it, mm-hmm. and – Then you kind of learn what brands you you trust and you like and work well for you. Great tip. Uh, so SRP rates are going down starting in May if you're in SRP area. A lot of news right now in the world of renewable that – it's it's good news, but a lot of times, and, and I'm sure the reporters probably don't even know this, they don't tell the rest of the story. They talk about a lot of these solar fields that are going up in Arizona. A lot of that solar energy isn't even staying in the state. California has mandated a certain amount of its energy will be uh, solar or wind, you know, what they call alternate energy. Well, they can't afford their own land to put solar fields on it, so they're buying land in Arizona to put these mega solar panels on and sending the power over to California. Interesting. <laughs> so we're getting a lot government of government que- brilliance at work right there. <laughs> well, we're starting to get a lot of questions about super cooling, air conditioning, APS rates, all the things to do with power and electricity. And we'll be covering them throughout throughout the summer. We will we'll keep you informed on what's new and what's going on in the energy world. Yeah. And the best thing you can do to protect yourself against being taken advantage is just get a home energy audit just so you know how your home uses energy and in that way you know what areas to start addressing to reduce your power consumption if you're trying to lower your bills more here at rosie on the house with you every saturday morning
that kind of twang is something you can expect to hear all week long on Calf Country. Calf Country Legends, 9.30 a.m. and Flagstaff, our Flagstaff affiliate. They also have FM 93.5 if you're in Flagstaff. It doesn't carry very far out. They do have an FM signal, the AM signal. I've got it as far down as uh, Skull Valley before. Where our promotion team is this weekend at the Home Co. Home Show. We've got Lance Kunkel on the line. The Home Show is now open. Yep, we are about just over 30 minutes in. Uh, pretty solid turnout so far. Great weather. And we, Home uh, Co. is on Butler, the industrial part yeah, of Flagstaff. Right Anybody up. that's been through there knows it. Yep, right off uh, Butler and the I-40 is probably the uh, easiest way for those who are unfamiliar with the area. Good we got, I mean, free everything, free parking, free admission, free beer garden, free cookies, free soda. I mean, you name it. Free things to and, do. Sounds like a great yeah. place to hang out. <laughs> and in addition, I was able to confirm this. If you're looking to do some shopping, not just with the vendors, but actually at the hardware store, they are doing no sales tax all today. Wow. That's pretty good. And you guys have a couple promotional giveaways? Yes, so we are going to be giving away a channel lock flyer set as well as a Stanley Fat Max saw. And you know what? Let's do, uh, why don't we do a code word? You come by the booth, maybe, uh, how about CAF for uh, 93.5, our affiliate up here? That's K A F F, CAF Country. K A F F, yep. Excellent. You're at the home show, come by the booth, give us the code word, and uh, we'll pick a prize. Lance is a guy that's almost 6'5". He weighs, you know, he's pushing about 225, very lean, very intimidating, but he's a nice guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a fairly accurate description. <laughs> that might have been the truth twice as big as it is. <laughs> hey, I'll take it. <laughs> All right, that's Calf and, uh, Lance and Jen out there at the Home Co. Home Show. Calf Country Legends, uh, our Flagstaff affiliate, one of our newest affiliates, but it's an interesting story. The gentleman, uh, Steve Hosier, that runs Calf and Great Circle Media, he's actually the one that put us on our first affiliate when we branched outside of Phoenix. He was down in Tucson running KNST and their cluster of iHeart stations in Tucson, put us on down there in 2004, and then in 2000, I'm going to say 11. He called me and he said, Romy, hey, it's it's Steve. I got some news. I said, okay. He said, I'm on my way to Flagstaff. I bought a radio station and you're going to be on there on Saturday. I said, oh, all right. That sounds like Steve Hosier to me. I've known him for a long time. He said, is it the talk <laughs> format? And he's like, no, it's country. I'm like, oh, I that's can, a tough format. I can do that. <laughs> so we appreciate our CAF affiliate. And they've got a couple CAF stations now. They've got their 92.9, which is like modern today's country and then they've got their 9 30 a.m that we're on and 93 fm 93.5 fm simulcast that's the calf legends and i stream that a lot of times when i'm working at the office when i need uh music because they've got everything i listen to on there good station great station mm -hmm. so it is the third segment the nine o'clock hour it's our weekly home maintenance how-to that we do in conjunction with our new app that we've licensed for our listeners and it's a way to keep on top of the projects you, your home requires on a weekly basis and if we can keep up with weekly tasks and maintain our homes it really makes our homes an asset to us instead of being a slave to our homes you know if we could and and 
I say if we could, I'm not this, I, this does not apply to me. I'm not in a situation where I could put my home on the market today. But if we lived in our homes and maintained them to the point where they can, we could put it on the market at any given moment, uh, the value is going to be better than you can get anywhere else in the neighborhood. You're not going to have to suddenly come up with uh, out-of-pocket costs fixing this, fixing that, just to be able to put it on the market. Or, in reverse, if you didn't have that money, offering it at a less value because of all these repairs that your home needs. So you're not getting uh, the return on investment that you've made in that home. A home should be something that we ultimately, eventually, can make money on as property value appreciates, uh, as neighborhoods mature and become a, a better designation or, or desired designation, whether it's the, the neighborhood itself, the schools, the community, whatever the case may be. Our home should always be appreciating. And the last thing we want for any of our Arizona homeowners is to have to lose money because they didn't maintain their home. We saw two cases this week at Rosie on the House Remodeling where people called for remodels because they wanted to, they were getting ready to sell, had had a home inspection, and then found out all the things that they had to have fixed. And they, they weren't even, they were nice homes. They were not aware that so much was, was going on. So this is a great way to do it a little bit at a time. And whether it's something that you, even if you don't do it yourself, it would remind you to then call a tradesman to come do it for you. So it th- uh, this week we talk about pool inspection. We're getting close to the swimming season, and when that temperature finally hits and we take the dive, and a lot of those crazy people from Minnesota and up in that area, they're already in their pools. Mm-hmm. Crazy. They're the people that do the ice challenge. Uh, but when the majority of us, the normal people, <laughs> and the water's above 80 degrees and we're making that dive, a lot of times we find out, okay, this isn't wrong, my chemical imbalance, and pool companies become overrun with service calls. And, you know, we're in such a society where it's now, 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 everything's now. We expect to be able to find a pool guy when everyone's calling the pool guy. <laughs> it's like when it rains and everyone expects a roofer standing by waiting for me, that you may be the hundredth person that roofer talked to that day and you're nine weeks out on his job list. You know, it's just, but if you stay ahead of that, which is what this program's designed to do, you don't have to worry about being in that situation. So we've got a 10 point checklist to go through and, and look, you know, looking for leaks. They're easier to fix when they're small than when they've, blown out and ultimately when they blow out uh there's a lot more repair work that needs to be done so if you see any damp areas start looking identifying the source of that leak a lot of times people will empty their pool this time of year and refill it so they've got a fresher water source to work with and take the chemicals that does in most municipalities require a permit uh, and a lot of times that water can be recycled Uh, all the water that goes into our drain system uh, through the Phoenix. I don't know if it's just Phoenix or if Glendale, Avondale, you know, uh, the metropolitan area, but all the water through the city of Phoenix reclamation is what fuels the water at our Palo Verde nuclear power plant. So that water can be reused to generate the energy we use to run our homes. So don't just, you know, put it down the wash. Well, and check your own municipality because there are different rules in each one. I looked up uh, city of Scottsdale just for, for one example. And your pool water can't leave your property. So you can use it on your landscape, you know, and you have to be careful doing that. You know, it'd be at a time of year where you let the chemicals dissipate some. And then also put it in your own sewer drain. You cannot put it on the street. 
So your water has to stay on your property. And the, the good thing about emptying your pool, if you're going to do that, is you really should do it in the winter. So you're not going to be doing that when the pool guys are terribly busy. So you do it when, the, when it's cool, and then they can acid wash or replaster or clean up the tile. All that work should be done. If you've waited till now to drain your pool, it's too late. But there is a process you can do with the reverse osmosis. There's one company that will come out. We had them on the air a couple of weeks ago where uh, they show up with a truck, and they put a hose in and a hose out, and they suck the water out of the pool. They clean it in the, their big truck, and they pump it right back into the water. Now, it's more expensive than it is to drain the water and refill right now. Well, and he also puts the chemicals back in. So, I mean, there's mm -hmm. the cost in that as well. I'm trying to think of the full name of it. Uh, but you repurpose the water, and I, you know, I don't think water is going to stay as cheap as it is right now forever. <laughs> this is true. This is true. So it'll, I, I see that becoming a more uh, common service in Arizona as we're constantly trying to save and retain our water and find best use for it. And, um, you know, splash pads, a lot of people support those because then it's providing water for a number of families instead of just one pool for your home. Uh, Wickenburg put in a splash pad. We've been to a few times. That's nice. Downtown? Uh, no, it's kind of by the baseball park closer to the um, airport. So it's in the park, not necessarily by shopping. A lot of the shopping malls now have those where you go and you oh. shop and then you let the kids play for a while. I don't think there's one no? uh, okay. downtown. <laughs> um, and pools are one thing that I always said I was never going to have. I never said I was going to have a lawn either. <laughs> <laughs> but in the summer in Arizona, you know, there's not a lot of things you can do outside um, at your own home or property without a... a pool and a and a lawn and so we've got that for the kids we don't have a pool but what we're looking at is more of a living pond and there's a the pond gnome i've been working with the holdemans to get the design done because i i don't want something i've got to maintain the rest of the year and having a pool in whitman next to a horse arena i don't have the time to vacuum this every single day so we're looking at this big living pond that would serve uh, multiple purposes for the house. It would be a rain collection uh, off the barns in the house and the outbuildings. So all the gutters would channel rainwater into the pond. It could be a source back to watering the horses instead of pumping it out of the ground. Uh, and then in the summertime, it could be a entertainment area to have a jumping area. Uh, you know, we're going to build a little rock structure. You can bake, make a big splash in the pond. And where it's going is in between two mulberry trees that we've had. So we'll have a tire swing into the pond and uh, it's a different type, but it, it's going to be a big water source because you um, can't stay cooped up all summer long inside, can you? No, you can't. You know, um, May is actually National Safety Month, water safety. And in Arizona, though, we got to start in April. I think May's waiting too long. But just make sure you know what the rules are for having a fence up around if you have a pool. Make sure there's nothing kids can climb up and over. There's a lot of detail about what the latch is supposed to be, the door how it should open out, the latch how it's... Um, you know, how it works, and then also having self-locking, self-closing doors on your home. So just be really careful. It's so heartbreaking. Every summer we have to worry. I, I'm so glad my kids are all older, but then the grandkids come to visit, and you got to start worrying <laughs> all over again. So it's a constant vigil and a big responsibility if you have a pool. You can go to rosyonthehouse.com, keyword pool inspection. That'll take you to our 10-point uh, 10 items to check your pool for the swim season of 2019. 
On a beautiful Arizona Saturday morning, we're bringing Charles into the conversation at one 767 4348 That's 1-888-ROSIE for you. How may we help you, sir? Uh, hi, this is uh, Charles. Uh, first of all, blessings on Rosie. Listened for a lot of years and so glad that he's getting better. He's you a know, jewel for the community. He, he thank you. He's listening uh, and he's doing um, great. He, you know, it's, it's one of those things you got to, you know, when you go to the gym and you work out and you're like, oh, I can throw, throw another 50 on there. I can handle that. And you get done, you're like, oh, I shouldn't have done that. And <laughs> it takes you uh, two days to recover. You might have. He might have overextended himself a little bit, and he's doing a little little resting period on house arrest right now. But he'll uh, he'll be back on the broadcast probably next week. So thank you. Well, I think I've got two problems. I got a ten year old air conditioning unit living about a two thousand square foot house. We've always had a hot room and two really really cold rooms. It's a it's a roof mounted unit, and of course the two bedrooms under it are icy cold and then the kitchen which is probably 40 45 feet away is uh, always gets very very warm particularly in the summertime of course um so it, it was built by maloof but it's got the original duct work in it which is that old tin rectangular duct duct work um so I'm just wondering, you know, the air conditioning company I use, they're just interested in, in replacing the AC unit. But in listening to you guys, I, I begin to think I'm, I might need new duct work as well. How, how how would I determine that? Great question. And one more time, how old is the air conditioning unit itself? Uh, it's 10 years old, and I, I can't remember the SEER rating on it. So it, it's 10 years old. There are units out there that are still cranking away that are 30 years old. Uh, it may not mean they're efficient. <laughs> they may cost a lot, but they're still cranking away. The And the unit is 10 years old, but it sounds like the home's probably older than that. Yeah, the, the home was built in 82. Yeah. They didn't. They have been a long time since any production builders put rectangle, actual duct, metal ducts they all use uh flex duct now for the most part and the unit itself is 10 years old uh, how big's the home 2000 square feet and is your utility bills over 230 in the summer over how much 230 your high summer yes, bill they're, they're approaching more i'd say 275 we're on an equalizer program with APS, but our, our bill runs about 275 a month. Yeah, those equalizers are great for consistency and budgeting, but we don't like them because it does keep you disconnected from your monthly consumption and can kind of have a a false sense of, of what your high summer and low winters are. Uh you know, when it, when it, we get used to just that regular monthly payment and we get used to paying it, paying it, paying it, the pain of improvement may never quite hit in time. But 275 in the summer, we should be able to bring that down now. A brand new air conditioning unit and duct system for the home could easily uh, put you at, you know, anywhere from 12 to 18,000. And I'm using those numbers very loosely. They've got incredible equipment that, you know, could put you up in the neighborhood of 
uh, you know, 20,000 plus, depending on, you know, all the bells and whistles that can come with it. Um, but what I would do is I would, you said you've got an air conditioning company now, I would just get a second opinion of what it could, uh, reworking the ductwork could do. Because if you've got two rooms that are still icy cold, your unit's working fine. And although we could get better on your utility bill of a summer high of two seventy five, you know that that's let's let's say five months times seventy five, you know that's <laughs> you're 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 twenty five years away from a new unit paying for itself yet. At which point you would have probably have replaced that unit. So we we could increase that, but. That's not such a big number that your return on investment is probably not there yet. Um, so I, I would get a second opinion from another HVAC contractor and see if we can't just reduct, reroute a little bit of the ductwork, change uh, how our airflow is working. Maybe there's dampers that are uh, OBD dampers and maybe adjust the airflow, a bigger return. A lot of our air conditioning guys, that's just standard. Most homes they go into immediately, they're looking for a bigger return because it, it wasn't properly sized to begin with. And, you know, a home energy audit could give you all those answers, Charles. Uh, so we can, we're going into top of the hour news here. We'll get you a couple names during the break, but a 10-year-old air conditioning unit on a 2,000-square-foot home in your summer high is 275. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not pulling any panic red flags. Let's just get the airflow corrected so you've got a consistent temperature through the house. <laughs> 